0: So, continuing this week in this uh, series on "Come and See," and we're really going to kind of focus on Simon Peter today. But, but to set that in place, I need to step back and have you go back and think about the last couple of weeks and some of the things we've seen. Uh, to remember the name of God that has given us Adonai Elroy, the God who sees me, uh, the God who sees me—not not just you know visually, but the God who sees me knows me—that uh, comes from the story of Hagar, where. She has been, you know, left, kind of forced to leave out of Abram and Sarah's camp and is in the wilderness and and God comes to her. And so she realizes then that God, even in that place, God is with her and God sees her and knows her situation. Then I'm also going to remind you that that the passage of Scripture that uh, Jesus actually speaks to Mary uh, as he prepares to do the, the healing of Mary from her possession by the seven demons. And it comes out of Isaiah now this is what the Lord says, "He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you, I have summoned you by name, you are mine." And, and then I'm going to show you a little clip from that scene with uh, Mary and Nicodemus who are in the market, where Nicodemus comes to her, and he, he thinks it's something he's done that's caused her healing, and she's explaining to him that it's not him. That Jesus who's brought about that healing and this wonderful little exchange that takes place.
1: He called me Mary. He said, I am His. I am redeemed. And it was so. Who did this? his name, and even if I did, I could not tell you. Why not? His time for men to know has not yet come. His time for (laughs) men?
0: He performs
1: miracles and seeks no credit? What does he look like? Is he a member of Sanhedrin? Would you at least know him if you saw him again? (laughs) I don't know why I am sharing this with you. I, I don't understand it myself. But here is what I can tell you. I was one way and now I am completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. I
0: love that statement. I was one way, and now I am completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. And she can't explain to him how it happens. She just says, I don't, I don't even understand it myself. This is what I know. And, and if that's all you can say, you know, that, that in and of itself is a tremendous witness. You know, I was one way, and, and now I'm completely different. And the thing that happened in between was, was Jesus. So I want you to remember those as we go into this story this week. That's Mary's story, and now we're going to hear a a little bit of Simon's story. Let's pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for gathering us to be in worship. Whether we're in this space or, or online, we give thanks for the opportunity to come into your presence. May Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So this is the story as it appears in the Gospel of Luke that we're going to be focusing on today. Uh, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is also the Sea of Galilee, uh, the people were crowding around Him and listening to the Word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish... From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. It's a very familiar story for most of us. We've heard it many times before. I love the way that producers kind of, or the writers kind of work this into this story because uh, we're, we're presented with Simon and, and we get some picture of his character. Uh, <clears throat> in this moment when we're uh, going to be here in a second, it's Simon preparing to go out and fish overnight. He's He's gotten himself into a bind by not paying the taxes he owes the Romans, and, and to get out of that he made a deal with a praetor that he would find a, a, you know, someone who was fishing illegally and report them in. He's been unable to do that, and word has been given to him, you know, you have till tomorrow morning to come up with the money you owe us, or else. And in this period of time when the Romans said, or else to you, it wasn't a minor thing, uh, this was a severe threat with the possibility of execution. And so Simon is, is aware that his life's at risk, that he's put his wife's life at risk. And he's desperate to find a way to, to meet that tax that he owes to, to make the, the praetor happy. And so in this scene he's preparing to go out and fish that night. Now, you'll remember last week during the Sabbath, he, he went out on the Sabbath night as well. So he's, he's already broken the Sabbath. And now he's going back out with the idea that if he fishes all night, maybe he can catch enough fish to pay off the Romans. And you have this little uh, uh, exchange between he and his wife, Eden.
1: Faith isn't gonna
0: get me more fish.
1: I'm not talking about tonight. I am talking about long before tonight. You've been different. Before it was gambling, and now it's working, and trying to do everything yourself. The popular Simon. Fixing everything and charming everyone, all by yourself. And fishing on holy days without even thinking about it with no respect for our God. What about B'koh Nefesh? We can break a commandment to save a life. Our lives are at stake People here. you know that because you have not pursued the Lord lately. Not like the man that I met. That is why you are stuck and you feel desperate and now you're off to try to fix it yourself again.
0: trying to take care of it all on his own just the way we do a lot right we try to take care of it I mean, we profess faith but when it comes right down to it we're trying to deal with something we act as if it's all on us and we try to fix it and when we fail we try that much harder and when we fail we try that much harder and we get into this wonderful kind of spiral of failing spectacularly because we're trying to do what only God can do. And we are not God. There's a, a story that goes around about a church committee that was trying to wrestle with a problem. And the, the problem's unnamed, but they're wrestling with it and trying to figure it out. And they're doing all the, you know, the whiteboard and all that kind of stuff that we do, with prioritizing and everything. And, 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 and after they struggle with this for several hours and they don't come up with any kind of good answer, somebody says, well, I guess we should pray about this. And somebody else said, oh, has it come to that? instead of that being the first resource that's the last resort and isn't that often how we live instead of leaning into god as our first resource we turn to him as a last resort and in between we fail over and over and over what is it that uh, the, the definition of uh, insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And too often that's how we live. So Simon goes fishing. Because he's going to try to fix it. He's going to go fishing. And he's going to fail spectacularly through the night. This is a longer clip. But, but you kind of need to have this to, to understand the, the desperate kind of place that he's in.
1: Thanks too. Cast after cast. I will make your descendants as many as the stars in the heavens. And then what, huh? Make the chosen as many as the stars only to let Egypt enslave us for generations. Bring us out of Egypt, part the Red Sea, only to let us wander in the desert for 40 years. Give us the land, only to let us be exiled in Babylon, bring us back, only to be crushed by Rome. This is the God I've served so faithfully my entire life. You're the God I'm supposed to thank. You know, if I didn't know any better, I'd say you enjoy yanking us around like goats and can't decide whether we're chosen or not. Which one is it?
0: fails spectacularly all night, has his torches out to attack the fish. And you notice he doesn't, it's not that he catches just a few fish. He catches no fish all night long. And toward the morning he's in that kind of desperate place where he's he's basically reciting some of the history of Israel. You know, what I mean you you made us this promise you would make us, you know, like grains of sand on the seashore and and, and yet here we are, I mean you know, we went into Egypt and became enslaved and then when you brought us out of there you let us wander for 40 years in the desert and then when we finally came here again we were taken into exile in Babylon and when we came, from, came back from that you know, here we are under the heel of the Romans. Most of us can't relate to that kind of political kind of situation but I'll bet everyone can relate to his sense of desperation in that moment. When every everything, everything in his life is is going the wrong way. And in the middle of the night he's going, Okay, God, which is it? Are you the God I'm supposed to be? Are you the God's gonna take care of us? Or are you just yanking us around? Almost every one of us has had a night like that. If you haven't had it yet, you will. You know, going into ninety eight, the winter of ninety eight, after we'd spent years planning and putting pieces in place and getting permits and doing designs and everything we were ready in Seguin finally to to start raising the money for the the building project that we were getting to embark upon and we'd put all this time and effort into it and and printed materials and done all this kind of work And, and on the Saturday before the Sunday it was to start 38 and a half feet of water came down the river. It was a 500 year flood. People that had had property in their family for generations that never flooded, flooded. And 65 people in our church lost their homes. So everything had to get put on hold, obviously. And we moved through that winter. And because I was the the head of the ministerial alliance, I was told, okay, you get to organize the recovery group, which I'd never done before. And so I'm, I'm trying to put that together, and I'm talking to families who are telling, showing me, you know, the slab where their home used to be, and everything they own and all their memories is washed down river. And two weeks after that, my wife's grandmother died. And two weeks after that, her mother died. And a few months later, her father died. And I had some of those middle-of-the-night sessions. OK, God, where are you, really? What else is going to happen? What else are you going to dump on me? Where are you? Whenever we try to do it all on our own, we fail spectacularly. And so after he's had that that late night and been out all night and struggled with that they come in in the morning to the shore and, and Jesus is doing a teaching there and, and this is when, when Peter uh, encounters Jesus for the first time and, and you'll notice how reluctant he is his brother Andrew who's met Jesus before is all excited like a puppy dog but, but Peter's holding back because he's, he's tired and he's discouraged and he's done
1: Simon! it's him! excuse me that's it. Simon, that's him. No time for this, Andrew. It's him. Simon, it's the man. John said he's here right now. May I ask a favor? I'm teaching these people and apparently they're having trouble hearing me. If I could stand on your boat, that would be helpful. They're having trouble hearing you, huh? Yes, yes, of course. Please, please, stand on my boat. Thank you. I need to go. I'm sorry. No time for this today. Stay a few moments longer. I have something for you. For me? Uh, I'm in a hurry? Yes, I know. Just allow me a few moments. Please. Sam, trust me as I have trusted you. This man is the Messiah. It's good to see you, Andrew. Yes. I'm Jesus. Thanks for this, Simon. You
0: we know, have that moment where Andrew's already and Simon is, is reluctant, and I don't know whether there was something in Jesus' presence that convinces Simon or whether it was what Andrew said, right? Trust me, as I've trusted you. But Simon reluctantly agrees. Now a lot of times that's what we do, isn't it? We reach the end of our rope, and even then, we're reluctant allow God to work so Jesus teaches from the bow of the boat and then as the scripture tells us when he gets to the end of that time of teaching he says go out and put your nest down and and Simon's response when you read the scripture is you know master we've been out teaching we've been out fishing all night now remember we're the fishermen guys you're the craftsman we know what we're doing when it comes to fishing you really don't And then Simon says, but nevertheless, okay. And then this amazing thing happens.
1: Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. Uh, I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night.
0: So he puts his net down, catches more fish than he's ever caught before. Not just a big, more fish than ever, so much so that the boat is beginning to go down. And we understand in this story, the way this story is being presented, at least not only does that represent a big catch of fish, that's also freedom from the threat that's been hanging over his head and his family hit. He's been released. And 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 it's important to notice that this miracle comes, and, and not only does Simon get to see it, not only does Andrew get to see it, but James and John and Zebedee and Matthew and the other people on the bank. And when God does amazing things in our lives, it's never just for us. It's always so that the world can see. It's always so the world can see. Every time when we got through that winter and I would be in a place of desperation, God would raise up someone or something would show up to fix this, to lead this, to provide this. And every time when I would be thinking we're done, God would intervene because it's what God does. So having seen this great miracle and and witnessed this, Peter now comes to Jesus. (laughs) (laughs)
1: My brother and the baptizer You are the Lamb of God, yes? I am Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am, the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. I'm sorry. We, we've waited for you for so long, we believe. But my faith, I'm sorry. Lift up your head, fisherman. Anything you ask, I will do. Follow me.
0: Remember, I was one way, and now I'm completely different. And the thing in between was, was him. Now, now Mary's healing takes place rapidly, Simon's is going to take a little longer to take place before God is going to redeem him completely, but, but nonetheless the story is the same, I was one way and, and now I'm completely different and the thing that happened in between was Jesus. Notice what it does not say is I was one way and then I figured it all out and I got it all straightened out and I got my life all together and I got everything lined out and I'm perfect now and then I met Jesus, that's not what it says is it? It doesn't say you gotta get it all together. So many of us we we hold back because we think, oh, I'm just not I'm just not good enough. I don't have it together enough. But what what Jesus says, right? What Jesus says is come. And when we step in the presence of the holy, we're aware of our unholiness. I mean, here, here, here's Simon, go away from me, Lord. I'm a Sinful man, which sounds a lot like Isaiah in the temple of God way back when. I'm ruined for I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yeah, we come into the presence of the holy and we're immediately aware of our unholiness. And yet, Jesus calls us, right? For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. But the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Man, that's 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 who Jesus comes for. Because when we try to fix ourselves first, we continue to fail spectacularly. Because the only one that can make us whole, the only one that can heal our brokenness, is God. Right? Is God? We don't we don't get ourselves all together. We come as we are. But then again, it doesn't say it doesn't say. I was one way, and, and now I'm the same. I just feel better about myself. I mean, it's not that kind of thing that what we sometimes talk about is therapeutic religion, which is, you know, it's not really going to change anything. I'm just going to feel better about myself. Kind of like you, if you broke your arm and you went to the doctor and said, hey, doc, I don't want you to fix my arm. Just give me some good drugs. Right? That's kind of what a lot of us do, too. And, and that's not what Jesus is about either. And Paul writes to the Romans, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That word transformed in, in, in the original language is metamorphosis. This to be changed. Not, not just Uh, Not just a minor adjustment, not just a small alteration. It's a radical change. And the word renewing is the word repentance. By a a, a whole 180 degree change. A whole 180 degree change. In his letter to, the first letter of John, he reminds us that, you know, this is the message we've heard from him and declare to you. God's light. In him there's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as He's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus' his Son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we've not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar and His word is not in us. It's forgive. He forgives us, but He also purifies us there's a change that takes place and we're made whole and our brokenness is healed and it's not something that we're doing remember this is this is what we experience from god this is what god brings to us because of the grace of his great love for us god who's rich in mercy made us alive with christ even when we were dead in transgressions it's by grace you've been saved And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it's by grace you've been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. I mean, that's the call. Jesus calls us to come. Broken failing spectacularly and then in that encounter with Jesus that's where we're changed and we don't have to understand how that happens we just have to know that it does and then be able to share that I was one way and now I'm completely different and the thing that happened in between was him let me invite you to fill in the blanks. I was fill in the blank. But God, fill in the blank. And now I am fill in the blank. You don't have to understand how God does it. You just have to know it happened. You know? A 13-year-old kid who thinks the whole world hates him and thinks there's nothing of value to himself begins to behave that way and and, and then in the midst of his self-destruction one night he encounters the person of Christ and all of a sudden he begins to want to go more deeply in love with Jesus can't explain it don't understand why I just know that that's what God did. What's your story? What's your story? Fill in the blanks and remember whatever God has done in your life is not just for you. It's so that the love and the grace of God can be shown to the whole world. It's time for us to stop doing it all our way and maybe find a better way the way of Jesus. Let's pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for this great gift of love that you pour out on us, that we would be your children, that you would call us with all of our brokenness, that you would call us with all of our dysfunction, you would call us with all of our spectacular failures, and that in love you would make us whole and restore us and recreate us to be the people you desire us to be. So Father, hear us as we come this morning and we stop trying to do it all our way and offer ourselves up to a better way. Jesus' way. Amen.